Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hope your afternoon is off to a fantastic start. We have some fun in store for you today, including on the National Football League. Week 11 begins tomorrow night, Little Pittsburgh at Cleveland. I believe we have some tasty treats awaiting us on Sunday, not just your Panthers seeking to inch closer to wildcard status in the NFC, hosting a lowly Falcons team that looks more dangerous after beating the Saints in New Orleans last weekend. They're still two and seven, the Falcons, but they looked good on Sunday. Texans at Ravens. Anyone want to dial up a little Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson? Patriots at Eagles, both coming off the open week. Bears at Rams on Sunday night football. Chiefs at Chargers on Monday night football. Those are among the highlights there. As we wish everybody a happy hump day and some of you a happy impeachment day, not so much for others. We will get into college football. We will get into college basketball. We will get into some NBA. We have the college football playoff committee rankings part two. Those revised numbers were televised last night. I'll give you my thoughts. We will welcome yours. I have college basketball times three on my mind. What do I mean? The number one in the nation, Kentucky Wildcats, lost at home last night to the Purple Aces of Evansville. Underlining the rarity of this occurrence, there has never been in the history of the AP poll, which dates to the 1930s, there has never been a November in college basketball, and it's only November 13th, remember, where more than one AP number one already has lost. It was Michigan State, remember, until Kentucky beat them in that Madison Square Garden doubleheader last week. It was the Kentucky Wildcats for like a millisecond. And then Evansville goes to Kentucky and beats the Wildcats. Shout out to former Wildcats star player Walter McCarty, who now is the head coach of the visiting Purple Aces. Did you know that the Wildcats were 25-point favorites? And if you look back, back over the last 15 years of college basketball, by point spread, that is one of the three most surprising regular season college basketball upsets in that decade and a half. Shout out to Gardner-Webb. The running Bulldogs have one of the others also at the expense of the Kentucky Wildcats. Duke annihilated Central Arkansas last night, as expected. You may have questions, comments, or observations from that one. Oregon beat Memphis last night, and James Wiseman, the subject of the Memphis versus NCAA compliance showdown, did play again for Penny Hardaway and the Memphis Tigers. We'll see where that crazy story goes. As I say hello to my producer, Darren Vaught, we also have intern Will in the house, as always. He represents William Peace University with distinction. We will have Roddy Jones, former Georgia Tech star dropping by on college football at the start of hour number two. We will have Darren Gant of NBC Sports and Pro Football Talk dropping by to talk NFL at the start of hour number three. I will sprinkle in my questions of the day that allow for your statewide and beyond participation. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program on the college basketball, college football, NBA, 
Colin Kaepernick and other headlines of the day. As I say hello to my producer, and as I remind everybody, two of the best teams in the NBA and two of the best players in the NBA will be going head-to-head tonight, worthy of discussion perhaps. It is the Lakers and the Celtics quickest out of the gate. Feels like the 1980s when I say that, but they have the best two records as we speak. Tonight, the Clippers visit the Rockets in a national TV game. The lowly Warriors are at the Lakers as well, but only LeBron and AD and LA are a compelling team this year. The Warriors, without Clay, without Steph, without others, have dropped to near the bottom of the NBA. The Hornets are at home tonight hosting Memphis. Devontae Graham from Broughton High School in Raleigh off to a surprisingly outstanding start as a young NBA player. More on those NBA headlines. More on our thoughts on college football football, college basketball, the NFL, and other things, 1-800-849-2761. Now, Darren, you missed today's uh, show meeting, so I don't know if you're going to exhale when I give you these updates or if you're going to be excited when I give you these updates. There are some folks who are worried that on, you know, it's not just your typical hump day. It's an impeachment day, an important day in the history of our great country. There are some folks who were worried about how the conversation may go today on the David Glenn Show. (laughs) Have no fear. Have no fear. I will give you a question of the day. What do you hope happens with Colin Kaepernick and why? We'll get to those calls because they're all over the place. I'll offer my two cents and we will welcome yours. Here's the good or bad news, Darren, depending on how you look at it. We are going to talk about today bad people who defiantly break important rules on purpose and the often otherwise good people who sell their souls and enable such wrongdoers. We are going to talk about that today, but mostly in the context of the Houston Astros of Major League Baseball, who were caught cheating in their only World Series championship year. That news came out late yesterday. Did you catch what I did there, Darren? Bad people and the otherwise good folks who enable their horrendous wrongdoing. We will discuss that but in the context of the Houston Astros and that cheating scandal in Major League Baseball. Folks who have questions or comments on that can chime in. We also are going to talk about today, Darren, on Hump Day, on Impeachment Day, one of the most polarizing figures in the entire sports world. But it has nothing to do with ignorant or angry or racist Twitter tantrums or even the unprecedented turns involving championship teams visiting or not the White House. We are going to talk about a polarizing figure, but not that sports world polarizing figure. Instead, it will be Colin Kaepernick. Wouldn't you love to see the Venn diagram there? All of those who support Colin Kaepernick, all of those who support that other guy, how much crossover would there possibly be? I would pay for that Venn diagram. Darren, if you can get the scientists and the poli-sci folks to bring that for me, I would love to see that by the end of today's program. Roddy Jones on college football, hour number two. Darren Gant on the NFL, hour number three. Happy hump day. Your phone calls, including on the Colin Kaepernick question of the day, what do you hope happens in If you hadn't heard, the polarizing quarterback will have a private workout for any interested NFL teams this Saturday in Atlanta. Just yesterday, the NFL sent a memo to all 32 teams 
And Kaepernick apparently just found out that Saturday was the day as well. He tweeted from overseas how he is looking forward to it. He has kept in shape. He has felt ready for these last three years when he has not been employed by the NFL. Remember, he was an outstanding quarterback in 2012 and 2013 and 2014. Still has a lot more playoff victories than most current starting NFL quarterbacks on his resume. He has not played at all the last three years. But he got a settlement in the collusion case that he and Eric Reed of your Panthers filed against the NFL, an undisclosed financial settlement for that misbehavior. Desmond Howard of ESPN has already called the Kaepernick workout a, quote, NFL public relations stunt. I will offer my two cents on that, and we will welcome yours at 1-800-849-2761. College football's committee rankings part two did come out. And as we told you and most others did yesterday, LSU was the number one. Ohio State was the number two. Clemson was the number three. Not a whole lot of debate among those three unbeaten resumes. But Minnesota, also still undefeated, crept up only to number eight. Baylor, still undefeated and the only other in the FBS ranks, only crept up to number 13 despite that 9-0 resume. How were the one-loss resumes situated? Well, Georgia is up to four, Alabama hanging in at five, Oregon at six, Utah at seven. Penn State at 9, and the Oklahoma Sooners at 10. Some of those, of course, are involved in head-to-head matchups this weekend. Most prominently, Baylor and Oklahoma are going to be going at it. Minnesota and Iowa go at it. And Clemson, of course, hosts Wake Forest from our backyard at Death Valley on Saturday. Bad news for the Deeks yesterday. Their world-class wide receiver, Sage Surratt, declared out for the season because of injury. It looked up in Blacksburg that he had hurt his shoulder. They did not disclose the specifics of it, but he is out for the season. Dave Clawson of the Deeks, who remember, still have a chance at just the second double-digit win total in the history of the school. They did it 13 years ago for Jim Grobe. Even if they lose to Clemson, They can still get to 10 wins if they beat Duke, beat Syracuse, and win a bowl game. That doesn't sound impossible. Duke is struggling. Syracuse has fallen to the bottom of the league. At Death Valley certainly is more than a handful for the Deeks, and it's getting harder with key players dropping via injury. But we'll talk college football. We'll talk rankings. We'll talk Colin Kaepernick. We'll talk Houston Astros and the cheating scandal, and we'll jump in on week 11 of the NFL, week 12 of college football, some NBA sprinkled in as well. Two great guests later. Your phone calls now. Colin Kaepernick's question is simple. What do you hope happens and why? You don't have to show up at these workouts if you're an NBA team. You could send your head coach and your general general manager. Remember, there are 24 teams that have games to deal with, right? I think 24 just on Sunday. So the travel complications are a little bit tricky when you do it on a Saturday. There's already been some noise from Kaepernick's camp along those lines, but... This is as close as he's gotten in three years to another opportunity. You can chime in on that if you like. We're not going to revisit why or how he hurt your feelings or not when he knelt in protest of police brutality and racial injustice. We're not going to revisit that debate. But what do you hope happens now and why? America was divided between those who supported Kaepernick. They might not have agreed with him, 
But a silent, peaceful protest the way we do things was not something that alienated everybody. Others, of course, will hate him until the ends of the earth because of what he did in front of that flag and during their anthem. You can chime in on moving forward that part of the Colin Kaepernick story. What do you hope happens and why? I'll offer my two cents. We will welcome yours. 1-800-849-2761. Great guests later. Your calls are now on The David Glenn Show. Gary Player joining us. This morning I did 1,300 sit-ups and crunches. Wow. I pushed 300 pounds with my legs and I ran on the treadmill. You are one of the legends of golf and you've been an inspiration as a person as well. What a nice compliment and God bless America. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Ronnie Jones on college football later. Darren Gann on the NFL later. Your calls now on the Colin Kaepernick question. What do you hope happens on Saturday and why? He was a brilliant quarterback for several years in a row with the San Francisco 49ers. He eventually became known as well for kneeling during the anthem along with his former teammate now, a safety with your Carolina Panthers, Eric Reed. Eric Reed was blackballed from the NFL for a while, and it took David Tepper, the new owner of the Panthers, not at all a politically correct guy, to step out and sign Eric Reed after many of his critics said, he's done, he's no good, the same stuff you're hearing about Kaepernick. Reed played so well after those cheap shots that he got a mega million dollar contract extension from the Carolina Panthers. Some believe that the Colin Kaepernick story is so supercharged with emotion that many people simply cannot evaluate whether he has tread left on the tire. He just turned 32, and he's not nearly as beaten up as Cam Newton is, for example. So it's not like he's old. This is a league where Drew Brees and Tom Brady and others are playing 240 or well beyond that number. So there's no doubt that Kaepernick was great for three straight seasons. There's also no doubt that the 49ers were bad for years after that, and Colin Kaepernick's numbers went down precipitously as well. He hasn't played in this league for three years, but the NFL sent a memo to all 32 teams yesterday. There will be a workout in Atlanta on Saturday. He has agreed to be interviewed. Now, he retweets a lot of people, and he occasionally tweets himself. He even did so yesterday. He does not talk publicly a whole lot and has not for this three-year period. And some teams were going to sign Colin Kaepernick and canceled a scheduled workout because Colin Kaepernick said he wasn't going to answer certain questions. Maybe will you kneel again? Although, remember, a guy like Eric Reed is still kneeling, and a small handful of others are, and it really has just faded from the public consciousness rather than being that front and center political hot potato that it was for the NFL for a number of years. As we go to Jeff in Wilmington, 1-800-849-2761, ESPN's Desmond Howard is already calling this an NFL public relations stunt they've heard the criticism maybe you remember that last month Colin Kaepernick's representatives made an official statement saying that all 32 teams had been contacted and they got little response or no response in all 32 cases over the last three years and all of them were revisited as of course quarterback issues popped up over depth charts all over the NFL if you wonder whether Colin Kaepernick can start again in the NFL, well, your view is shared by a lot of NFL owners, a lot of NFL general managers, and even a lot of NFL coaches. Others will disagree, but 
as a starting NFL quarterback, people have fair doubts. Did they figure out the run-pass option part of Kaepernick's equation and defend him in a way that led his production to go down? Or were the 49ers surrounding him just so bad that any quarterback would have devolved in those more recent years after Kaepernick's brilliance, remember, including four playoff victories combined over the 2012, 2013, and 2014 seasons in San Francisco. 1-800-849-2761. I don't think it's a pure PR stunt, in part because what incentive does the NFL that's thrilled, I mean, doing backflips. Holy cow, the focus is back on football. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. A lot of teams that are high-end competitors in the NFC especially. Will the Patriots for a while go undefeated? How far will the 49ers for a while extend their unbeaten run? That's all good news for the NFL, right? Ratings are up, stadiums are mostly full, and the whole kneeling stuff that has been unnecessarily provoked sometimes by the president and sometimes by NFL owners themselves. They have said on the record, we're afraid to sign Colin Kaepernick because we don't want that guy tweeting about us in an angry way. So the dynamics are complicated. But if you're the NFL and you visit your public relations department, are they really going to say that you should unilaterally make Colin Kaepernick an issue again in mid-November when most of the conversation is on football? So I'm not as cynical as Desmond Howard is when he calls it a public relations stunt. And even if Kaepernick and his people don't love the date, they would have preferred it be on a Tuesday when more teams can get there than on a Saturday. They would have preferred it to be next week rather than this week. He had five days of advance notice. So they have their objections, yet they're emphasizing the importance of just getting this opportunity. He gets to show his stuff physically, and yes, he has agreed to answer questions from these coaches, GMs, or whoever else shows up in Atlanta on Saturday. What do you hope happens and why? 1-800-849-2761. My main hope is... The guy gets to show what he still has left in the tank. And if it's good enough, it's good enough. And it's not, it's not. That's my main hope. Like, follow the evidence wherever it takes you for good or for worse. I am not one of those as someone who values the importance of silent, peaceful protest in the United States, even when I disagree with the protester. I see it as a guy with a First Amendment background, a guy with a legal background, a guy who understands the Constitution of the United States in a way that even many high-ranking officials in our country don't understand at all. Or when they understand it, they just disrespect it and look at it with disdain left and right, hence where we are in America today on November 13th. Colin Kaepernick didn't alienate me personally. He's done stupid things that I've criticized him for. The pig socks and others were indefensible. But the silent, peaceful protest alienated others in a way that it did not alienate me. I'm in favor of those who protest through silent, peaceful passages, even if it ends up offending some people. In a world where sports teams sign women abusers and drug dealers and those with serious criminal histories, I've always had my eyes opened by those who are silent in those contexts and yet are still angry about a silent, peaceful protester because their feelings got hurt. Jeff in Wilmington, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Thanks, Dave. Um, let me first off say that I'm both a lifelong Pittsburgh Steelers fan and an Army veteran. Um, I just want to say I hope he does amazingly well in his tryout and is indeed fresh enough and um, athletic enough to overcome this 
period of you know three years w- without playing. Yeah. Um, and frankly, I hope that the Steelers sign him. Um, not only are we in need of a quarterback, but I think that the strong defense and um, the ownership um, and stability of that organization would allow it to be a successful um, transition, which I think would be problematic in some other franchise. I think you're right. And by the way, one of the first teams that came to my mind, even though I am not a Steelers fan, was the Pittsburgh Steelers. When you look at that roster, it is good enough in many ways to be a playoff roster. There is no way that Mason Rudolph is going to lead the Steelers to playoff success, even if Pittsburgh somehow gets into the postseason itself. And I I roll my eyes again. I think it's a fair debate. How much rust does he have? Where would he fit into the modern NFL? I think it's a fair debate that some teams run systems that would not be good for Colin Kaepernick. I, I agree with all of that. The idea that there are 64 or more NFL quarterbacks that are capable this coming week or two of winning a playoff game or down the road a playoff game, the idea that there are 64 better situated than Colin Kaepernick to me shows an outrageous level of ignorance about NFL depth charts as we speak. I mean, I don't want to have to go through all 64 names, and it's actually more than that. Many teams carry a third QB who's typically, you know, holding a clipboard and on the practice squad, et cetera. But given three fantastic years in the NFL as a starter, given that he has not taken the hits that guys like Cam Newton have taken, given that he just turned 32 years old this week, given that he makes plays with his legs, right? He's a dual-threat quarterback. You don't forget how to do that, even if passing and timing and precision usually takes a little bit longer to come back. I would imagine pretty darn soon that part of the dual threat would be fine for Colin Kaepernick. I roll my eyes because I, th- I believe many speak through the eyes of hatred and, and even racism when it comes to Colin Kaepernick rather than pushing the emotion aside and evaluating him as a football player. They're going to get to do that on Saturday. And, yes, he's going to have to answer questions, even including, are you going to kneel again if my team signs you? Now, again, there's a handful doing that. Michael Bennett just stopped doing it at the request of his Dallas Cowboys teammates. If he wasn't kneeling, he was hanging out in the locker room during the anthem and and joining his team later. The Cowboys players asked him to not do that, and Michael Bennett obliged. But Eric Reed still does it. A handful of others still do it. Colin Kaepernick's going to get that question, and he has a right to give whatever answer he wants to give. He could even say, I'm not answering it. He has said that to other teams in the past, but he also knows that not answering it could be putting up one more roadblock to his goal of getting back on an NFL roster, 1-800-849-2761. I don't think Cincinnati would need even a bad team, right? Have they won yet? The Bengals still haven't won, right? No unbeaten teams left, but one winless team left in the NFL. I don't think the Bengals, under their circumstances, need to boot aside former NC State star Ryan Finley or veteran Andy Dalton for a Colin Kaepernick experiment. They have so many headaches, so many problems, so many complications. Well, no, that's one out of 32. It just doesn't make sense. There are teams in the NFL as we speak whose backups are named Garrett Gilbert and Devlin Hodges and like, you know, a 40-year-old version of Josh McCown and a... Tried him, but it didn't really work out. Former NC State quarterback Mike Glennon in Oakland, for example. A guy named David Bluff when it's not Matthew Stafford or Jeff Driscoll in Detroit. 
Tim Boyle is Aaron Rodgers' backup in Green Bay. Tim Boyle. You know anything about Tim Boyle? That's because he's lucky to be on an NFL roster. Sean Mannion is a backup quarterback to the probably playoff bound for the probably playoff bound Minnesota Vikings. I mean, there are a handful where you would say, you know what, that backup in 2019 is an even more valuable player than taking a chance on Colin Kaepernick. Like, if I'm New Orleans, duh. You got Drew Brees backed up by Teddy Bridgewater, who just had a great record while Brees was out for a long time. That's another no-brainer. And you could go 32 teams, and I'll bet you there are systems. I'm sure of it. There are systems that don't match Kaepernick's skill set. Those franchises don't have to apologize for anything. There are others where the depth chart is set. Those franchises don't have to apologize for anything. And as a business owner myself, I'll tell you this. If you as an owner, I'm not going to defend your racism if that's it. I'm not going to defend your snowflake status if that's it. Your feelings are still hurt from three years ago for a silent, peaceful protest. And you're going to reduce your team's chances of winning because your feelings are still hurt. I'm not going to defend that. I know some of you would, but I would not defend it. If you said that your locker room didn't want him, I would defend that, but all accounts are that players are not the obstacle for Colin Kaepernick returning to the NFL. In fact, the overwhelming majority of players advocated for Eric Reed to get a job, which he did here in Carolina, and have been advocating for Colin Kaepernick to get a job. So it's not going to be the locker room. I've heard Steve Bishotti in Baltimore and others say, we're afraid of sponsors and season ticket holders reacting poorly if we sign this guy because of how many NFL fans are still mad at him from three years ago. I understand that. As a business owner, I wouldn't back down from that, but I understand if many would. There are others who are unlike David Tepper who have said on the record, Jerry Jones of the Cowboys, among others, I'm afraid of the president's Twitter account. I know how that president hates this player and everything he stands for. I know how his followers hate this player for the most part and what he has tried to stand up for against police brutality and racial injustice. And even if I needed a quarterback, I'm not going down that road because I don't need the president tweeting nasty things about me. And, and that's, again, not something that I would give into if I owned an NFL team. But it's clearly in play. That's not my speculation. That's the Ravens owner talking on the record. That's the Cowboys owner talking. In that case, it might have been in a deposition where he was under oath and had to answer questions related to the collusion case involving Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed. Remember, those guys got paid. Those guys reached a financial settlement. I mean, you could say the NFL didn't admit any wrongdoing. But if even two teams talk to each other about keeping those kneeling dudes out of the league, that's collusion. It only takes two to tango, and it only takes two to collude in such sports contexts. Colin Kaepernick, this Saturday in Atlanta, the workout and the interviews. Will he get a job offer? Who knows? There are certainly a whole bunch of teams in the NFL whose backup quarterbacks pale in comparison to what Colin Kaepernick has already accomplished in the NFL. Do I know what he's going to have left in 2019 after three years of rust? I don't know. But take a look at the backups, folks. You could take a look at a handful of starters and say Colin Kaepernick, like Pittsburgh. Colin Kaepernick would give that team a better chance of being dangerous in the postseason than anybody they can plug in in the aftermath of Ben Roethlisberger's injury, period. I wouldn't debate that for a second. You win. Yes, Colin Kaepernick would make them more dangerous. Assuming he's signed soon, assuming he gets the month plus to practice the playbook, et cetera, learn the playbook. If you are a team on the edge like Pittsburgh with those kind of quarterback complications, 
to me, you're one of the best candidates to make that reach. David Tepper stepped out for Eric Reed. I don't think most owners are willing to step out for Colin Kaepernick, but at least Saturday is a step in the direction of asking all 32 teams to reconsider. 1-800-849-2761. We'll get to Norman in the triangle on the other side. What do you hope happens with Colin Kaepernick, and why do you feel that way? College basketball, Kentucky with an historic loss, Duke with another impressive win, Memphis with an NCAA stare down. That continues. And what were my biggest takeaways from the college football playoff committee rankings, part two, televised last night? We'll get to Norman on the Colin Kaepernick question. Others want in on the Houston Astros cheating in baseball allegations the Astros have won exactly one World Series championship in their history it was in 2017 and according to a well-researched and well-sourced explosive article by Ken Rosenthal at theathletic.com they were cheating that year in a big way in a way that is obviously and undoubtedly against the Major League Baseball rules in play right now and the Major League Baseball rules that were in play during their 2017 championship season. The integrity of the game is something that needs to be protected at all costs. This is not the Black Sox scandal. Players throwing games to satisfy gamblers. That's like 1A on the integrity of the game list, right? That was a long time ago. Uh, what, more than a century at this point. This is not Pete Rose betting on games either remember the gamblers took great interest in the games pete was not betting on his own team to win it wasn't as simple as he only bet his team to win that's integrity of the game kind of 1b this would be integrity of the game 1c not as severe as the black Sox scandal not quite up there with the pete rose scandal remember he's still not in the hall of fame as a result there are patently and specifically illegal ways to steal signs. There are also legal ways to steal signs in the world of baseball. And man, I don't know if we just have more people that lack a moral compass in this country than we used to, but I see a whole lot of people making excuses for the Houston Astros. It, this is like, it's, you know, it's just all the same. Well, it's the, it's the opponent's fault if they didn't prevent them from stealing their signs. Some sign stealing is not against the rules, and then it is your opponent's fault. Some, signing, some sign stealing is specifically against the rules. And if you're defending that the way a lot of people are defending a lot of illegal behavior in our country right now, you lack a moral compass. I would never hire you for my own company. If you're trying to equate all of these things, oh, it's just all the same. It's just all of very shades of gray, DG. Uh, uh, no, no. Baseball, I'll read it for you on the other side. I'll read the rule that the Astros violated, and yet you're still going to continue to make these outrageous excuses. Why do people make excuses for criminals and grifters and con men and pathological liars and other wrongdoers? the way they're doing for the Houston Astros right now. They cheated. It's not shades of gray. They cheated. And you lack a moral compass if you're making excuses for them. The way we'll hear, well, you know, if the kid didn't walk home alone, probably wouldn't have gotten abducted. Like, that's the logic, right? I mean, seriously, that's how y'all view the world? If I used a predictable password on my safe, 
at Glenn Family Sports Media Incorporated. It's my fault that you broke into the safe and stole my money. You're not, you're not a convict. You're not engaging in felonious behavior. It's my fault because I used my kid's birthday as the password, and you knew my kid's birthday. That is what these folks are doing in the sports world and elsewhere, and it is eye-opening at best and soul-sucking at worst. 1-800-849-2761. More of your phone calls and those stories. Two great guests later. More of your calls are next on The David Glenn Show. Kurt Busch is joining us, 38-year-old champion of the Daytona 500. Well, I went out with Gronk last night after uh, after we won the race. Did you really? Also, it was fun. Got about an hour's sleep. I asked him, I go, hey, when do you have to report to training camp? He goes, July. I said, well, we can't be friends because i got to <laughs> go back to racing. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Roddy Jones on college football in 20 minutes. Darren Gant on the NFL in our third hour. More of your calls on Colin Kaepernick's workout on Saturday. The new college football playoff committee rankings. As expected, one, two, and three were in order. LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson. It got really interesting after that for teams like Georgia, Alabama. Shout out to App State, the school's first appearance in the college football playoff committee, top 25. Still in the midst of a fantastic season under first-year head coach Eli Drinkwitz. Good news for the Pac-12 last night. They're still very much in the mix, although they'll need some help for an Oregon or a Utah, perhaps as a 12-1 Pac-12 champion to sneak into that top four. Long way to go. More on that after more of your calls on Colin Kaepernick, the cheating Houston Astros, and the other headlines of the day. Here's the rule that I promised in 2017, the same year that this new TheAthletic.com article by Ken Rosenthal, my Dabo Sweeney one-on-one, by the way, at TheAthletic.com, will post tomorrow morning. Great stuff about meeting Michael Jordan, great stuff about his mom who just had his, her 75th birthday and her very important place in Dabo's childhood and life. Uh, same website, TheAthletic.com, Ken Rosenthal had a well-researched, well-sourced, explosive article essentially pointing the cheating finger at the Houston Astros in the same year where the Astros won the only World Series title that they have ever won. Here's what Rob Manfred said in a 2017 statement. For any of these folks, I mean, people are turning themselves into logical pretzels with their nonsensical false equivalents uh, in a lot of different contexts here on Hump Day and Impeachment Day, but in the sports world as well. Major League Baseball regulations prohibit the use of electronic equipment during games and state that no such equipment may be used for the purpose of stealing signs or conveying information designed to give a club an advantage. Again, I don't understand. Why, why do otherwise good people go down the, well, DG, if you, used, if you hadn't used a predictable password for your safe at work, your employee wouldn't have robbed you? Like, why do people want – I don't think you can be a good person, and I'm glad if it offends you. I don't think you can be a good person if you race right past someone broke into my safe and committed a crime, and yet you blame the victim because I wasn't creative enough with my password. It's the same thing happening in the political arena. It's the same thing happening in the Houston Astros story. Oh, well, if you didn't want them to steal your sign, you should have disguised them better. Well, folks, Major League Baseball asked and answered that question. 
And you know what they said? In this context, it's not okay, period. They made the rules. The clubs, including the Houston Astros, voted on the rules. You can steal signs the way they've been doing for more than a century. I played this game. I was a runner on second base trying to decipher the opposing team's catcher's signals as he was telling pit, the pitcher what, was, what request he was making for the next pitch. I was a pitcher for 20 years. I knew how to disguise our signs with my catcher. And you know whose fault it was? If without the use of electric equipment, somebody stole our signs, it was our fault. Just like if you've ever heard the phrase tipping pitches. I learned as a really young pitcher, and I learned it in part because I was a batter too. A lot of young guys, when they're throwing a fastball, their arm slot is here, and when they're throwing a breaking ball, their arm slot is there. And you don't even have to wait till the ball's halfway to home plate. Look for their arm slot, and you know what's coming. I didn't steal anything. That's not immoral, immoral, unethical. It's not against the rules of baseball. It's not against the laws of the United States of America. I'm just being a smart batter. Similarly, you work as a pitcher countless hours on making sure your arm slot is exactly the same for your breaking balls and your fastball. Now, they're, they're still, because I had a hard time breaking a pane of glass with my fastball, they're still going to be able to decipher what the pitch is while it's on its way to home plate. Nothing cheating about that. Similarly, if a runner on second base, according to the rules of baseball 100 years ago and today, if you can figure out the catcher signals on the opposing team and you have some kind of way to tell the batter, your teammate in the box, what's coming based on what you think you saw, those fingers dropped between the catcher's legs that the pitcher is taking as his signal for what to throw next. That's not against the rules. I don't think it's immoral or unethical either. All of this stuff has been legal, is still legal, and yes, then you say, DG, if you didn't have such a predictable password, your employee wouldn't have broken into your safe. I mean, have you entirely sold your souls? Why do you, why do you want to apologize for criminals and grifters and con men and liars and thieves? Why? W what is wrong with your fiber that makes you want to defend those horrible, wrongful actions? The Houston Astros were caught cheating as they put together their 2017 season. There's actually... Not clear evidence as to whether they continued it into the playoffs. You know why? Because it was harder to cheat in the playoffs. The stadium was so loud in the postseason, especially when things got all crazy, that you couldn't hear the noise that the Astros teammates were giving to each other when they knew an off-speed pitch was coming. So there's a camera out in center field, and the Astros got to the point that they put a special TV monitor in the tunnel that leads to near the home plate area. And if I was the guy in the tunnel, Darren, and you were at bat, if I saw something that I thought indicated a fastball, I didn't do anything. And you knew the heat was probably coming. If I saw something that looked like a changeup or an off-speed pitch, I actually, I mean, this is like, it's like caveman cheating combined with modern electronics cheating. I banged the trash can in the tunnel like a drum so loudly that you had to hear it. If you heard the trash can being banged, you had an idea what was coming. And if you heard none of that, you were thinking fastball. I know some batters that don't even want to know. And according to the athletic article, some Astros knew of this and said they didn't want to be a part of it. 
I, I, I just do it my way, and it's going to confuse me if you're telling me what to expect. Just I want to do it this way. Others, of course, again, it's crystal clear that it's against the rules to use electronics this way. That's exactly the Red Sox did it two years ago and got caught and reprimanded. This is not like the NCAA. Todd and Raleigh wants to know what's Major League Baseball going to do about it. Well, the NCAA forced Louisville to bring down its championship banner over various NCAA violations. There's an asterisk in the rule book. And in Louisville's history books, they're not even allowed to claim that as a national championship. You can call that a hollow sanction, whatever. Major League Baseball doesn't really have an equivalent of that, right? There's no asterisk. There's no banner coming down. There's whatever in your history books. Now they can fine you perhaps a record amount of money and really make it hurt. Take away some high draft picks. You were caught violating the crystal clear letter of the law. Stop apologizing for wrongdoers. The other team was not involved in the Astros' decision to cheat that way. They had a television monitor in the hallway and a camera in clear violation of baseball rules in center field specifically focused on the catcher's hands. I read you the passage from the Major League Baseball commissioner. That was the rule. The Astros violated it. Punish them as severely as Major League Baseball rules will punish it, assuming that the full-blown investigation backs up Ken Rosenthal's outstanding article at TheAthletic.com. The Houston Astros' one and only World Series championship, to me, is tainted forever. And I don't believe they're the only ones who cheat. Again, there is legal sign stealing and crystal clear illegal sign stealing. They're caught doing the latter, and I hope they get punished to the ends of the earth for it because I think that criminals and grifters and con men and other wrongdoers deserve that kind of fate. We're back after this on The David Glenn Show. Rob Schneider joining us on The David Glenn Show. When they try to have three days of the NFL draft on TV, my friends said, hey, you going to watch the NFL draft? It's like getting excited about a strip club that's still under construction. <laughs> like you see that building over there in a couple of months? There's going to be some breasts in there. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. More of your phone calls on Colin Kaepernick, the cheat in Houston Astros, and the other headlines of the day. But hour two will begin with Roddy Jones. He was a superstar at Georgia Tech. To me, he's still a superstar. Now with ESPN and the ACC Network, the new playoff committee rankings are out. Some were surprised to see Georgia all the way up there at number four. What does it mean to the rest of the contenders? We'll talk that and, of course, the ACC with Roddy Jones next on the David Glenn Show. Brown of the University of North Carolina. We got to win now. Let's don't start looking at rebuilding. Let's don't talk about how bad we are. Let's don't talk about we're not better than anybody. Let's figure out how to win. And that's what we've done. And, and the Coastal, because it's been up in the air every year, why shouldn't we have a chance? Keep it dialed in to the David Glenn Show.